the Rangers defense, and he makes it 3-0 Bruins. To the Something's Brewing podcast, episode 62. 62? The Oscar Steen episode! Oh, <laughs> down in Providence. How are you? Down in Prov. I mean, can I get your opinion on something? Yeah. Listen, because I have my opinion. When Oscar Steen got sent down this year, there was some outrage among Bruins fans. Yeah. That I, I feel, I don't think it was warranted. I've I think there's a lot of people better than Steen. Not saying Steen's a bad player, but I think there's a lot of, you know, better options. I do as well. And I think that, uh, I mean, how long has he been in the Bruins organization now? I mean, that guy is 26. The Bruins have had quite a good look at, and not just Oscar Steen. There was some outrage over AJ Greer as well. Although I think Mm. the, I think the AJ Greer outrage, I think everybody knew that he he likely wasn't going to make the team there it's not just that there are better players than him but there's younger players than him too but i think that the aj greer outrage was more so that he's just like such a good guy so lovable he, yeah just lovable guy like the way that he was able to uplift this city at moments last year in the preseason and during the regular season last year especially to start the year um he was just a bruin and he was a guy yeah. you loved to see and it just made sense to let him go but like oscar steen i've never like thought about injecting him into this lineup once not last year like going over like the mock lineup this year to start the season um and like i'm not like i'm not here to tell somebody that they're right or they're wrong like i have right, right right i don't i don't really follow the providence bruins i'm a, I'm a providence bruins fan by default because i'm a boston bruins fan but like yep. there are obviously people who are way more in touch with the providence bruins than i am and yeah. um some of those people are saying that oscar ski oster oscar steen deserves his <laughs> shot a lot of those people are also saying well no he doesn't um, right. In this situation, like I think that the Bruins have had a lot of good looks at Oscar Steen. Now he's been in the organization for quite some time, um, and you know he had every opportunity in the preseason. Uh, although I know he wasn't playing as often as some people would have liked him to be, but right. you know I, I I like logistically like looking at the Bruins' bottom six options. I don't. I really don't know how you can be upset that Oscar Steen is back in Providence. No. And, and honestly, like, like you said too, like we're not here to tell you you're right or wrong. Like we've said many times, like we're, we, we say some stupid stuff sometimes um, that we're never right a hundred percent of the time. And we don't want to come off as those kinds of people. But I mean, I'm just talking more in the sense of like, who's he going to replace? Like Lauko? Lucic, no, no, Frederick, no, um, JVR. Like, come on. And he's a, and the thing is, like, he's a good player. He's definitely a good player. It's just there's better options. Like, exactly. He spent, he spent four seasons in Providence. Um, I think it was two seasons ago. Yeah. 2021, 2022. He played 49 games. He had 35 points. So, I mean, he's, he's a good serviceable player. And there are many teams out there where, you know, he, in any other situation, he might find himself in a bottom six role. Um, but 
I mean, just not right now, not with the Bruins. He's only 25. It's not like this is the last shot he'll get. Like, yeah, happy to have him. And you know what I was happy to see, too, is that um, like I know Davis, Chris Davis was talking about it. I don't remember if it was on on this show when he was filling in for me when I was away or it might have been on Drop the Mitts. Um, but how he was talking about like the signing of some of these PTO guys, like when they signed Chase on, even with Dan Heinen, like he was saying like what's the point like if you have these young guys and you want them to make the roster and, and like like what does that say to them if you're going out and signing these guys to ptos or maybe bringing in these guys like how do you think johnny beecher felt when the bruins went out and they signed bokefist like all of these right. moves that they were making and like chris davis was saying like dude like that sucks for these younger guys like what does that say like you know do the bruins not believe in their future with this organization if like finally the, the bruins lost i think it was they lost 10 10 players from last year so there's openings for these guys and instead of giving them a shot they're going out and signing some of these players and i think it 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 it, it would have sucked i think for them uh especially if like entering the season like like chase on was signed and he was your fourth line right winger and bokevist was signed and he's your fourth line center but like i'm glad that like they're they're like they're actually sticking to what they were saying like this was an open tryout like johnny beecher was one of the best players on the bruins in the preseason and he was rewarded for it he's gonna get his crack at the at the roster he's gonna be your fourth line center um yeah. and just like some of these guys that i feel like it's one thing to you know walk the walk it's another thing to or walk the i don't know you know what i'm trying to say the <laughs> yeah. bruins the bruins very easily could have gave them a chance in the preseason and then went yeah maybe next year and just rolled with Bokefist or rolled with chase on or maybe like i know that uh, mason laura is down in providence right now but like everything is indicating like this guy's gonna come up sooner rather than later they very well could have just stashed him in providence for a little bit and just rolled with some of these guys but instead they're giving them their shot and i'm and i'm happy because they played their asses off in the preseason and they deserve this opportunity and i'm happy that the bruins are giving it to them yeah no i mean if it if if they had given a spot, you know, to the four C spot, say went to like Bofus or Brown, I I feel like you're starting the season off on the wrong foot if you do that. You know, like you're just gonna kind of mess up whatever team chemistry that had been built between you know the young guys like Beecher, uh, like Patra. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more too. But I, I, they made the right decision at least at least give them the opportunity to start with the team because they definitely earned it 100% earned it yeah especially like we can get into Patra too in a little bit but like especially yeah. guys like that like these are two guys where um I mean Patra just like stole the show and oh my god like the, the last couple months leading up to the season like if you like end of the season last year if you were to say the Bruins probably top first or second line center this year is going to be Matt Patra like you, you would think that you're absolutely crazy because deservedly so the guys never sniffed a minute of professional hockey and a guy right. like and to have a guy like that and a guy like johnny beecher two players who have never had any prof, uh, nhl experience and like we just said potra's case no ahl experience either to have them go out and perform that they did in the preseason and then actually get rewarded with a spot in this team instead of just right. a pat on the back and say yeah keep you know playing hard in providence and you'll get here next year johnny or you know we're gonna send you back to the ohl for another year matt and we'll see you know if you can develop any further like no like they're finally giving these guys their shots and i feel like it's like we talked about it last episode and we we totally forgot about pasta and we totally forgot about mcavoy (laughs) it's been forever since we've had like like some of these young guys come up and get a shot like patra is he even 20 yet isn't he like 19 he's like he's a a baby like he was in high school last year basically yeah and like like, and you talk about like two opposite ways of getting here like um like matt patra a guy who who spent last year in the ohl and absolutely lit it up like no professional experience but he 
outperformed pretty much everybody. I think he was like top five in the preseason in scoring in the league. He was, he was, he was oh, in the league, yeah, but yeah, on yeah. the team, he was number one. Yeah, which is ridiculous. So he got his shot. And then you have a guy like Johnny Beecher who was drafted like four, four or five years ago now, former first round pick, who's been a dog in Providence. Like he's, he's, put in his dues like he's earned this right and there's just two players who have made very different tracks of making this roster but they both deserve it and i'm happy that they're getting their shot yeah dude well hey this is dropping you know wednesday morning so happy beginning happy regular season opening for the hockey oh, yeah. season um obviously there's been some games that have gone on tonight as we record there's some games playing as well but to be honest the season starts tonight the season yeah. starts tonight at td garden against Connor Bedard of the chicago blackhawks <laughs> Um, but like we were saying, we can get into Patra, we can get into Beecher. We kind of talked a little Beecher just now, but I wanted to read off the pra- the latest practice lines that the Bruins have been rolling. Um, and kind of, I'm assuming, you know, they'll start very similar to this, if not the exact same, but as the game goes on, you might see some switch ups, but this is courtesy of Connor Ryan. Um, obviously you can follow him on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. It went. JVR Zaka Pasta for first line. Um, Marchand Coyle DeBrusque, second line. Frederick Patra Geeky, third line. Lucic Beecher Lauko, fourth line with the extra skaters of Heinen and Brown. And then on defense, it went Grizzly McAvoy, Lindholm Carlo, Forbert Shattenkirk with Mitchell as your um, seventh defenseman. And then obviously Allmark and Sway. So. Those lines, dude, I love those lines. Um, I think Patra between Frederick and Geeky, I wasn't sure how to feel about it when that was the line against the Rangers in that final preseason game. But as you saw the game go on and as you saw Patra continue to produce and create chances in the offensive zone while remaining not a liability in the D zone, I liked it more. I liked that line more and more as that game went on. And I think it's kind of smart honestly to start him not in a top six line and not in a top six role to begin the season um you know let him get his feet wet let him don't don't throw him right into the pressure system you know what i mean like mm-hmm. immediate top six second line um there's a little bit of pressure that goes with that and the expectations that he has right now as he had that preseason obviously leading the team in scoring and by the way shooting 75 percent that's <laughs> insane um, but putting in between Frederick and Geeky, I kind of like it. I mean, you got two bigger guys on your wing, guys who can throw their weight around, guys who are also offensively skilled. I mean, you saw Frederick in that Rangers game set up Patra beautifully. Um, and I, I think with him playing center, you can kind of look at Frederick to take a little bit of like a, I don't want to say leadership role, but but a little bit of. And I also want to say veteran experience, but but he, he brings experience to Patra, and he's young enough where I, I think he's going to boost. They're going to boost each other, honestly. Oh yeah, I mean that's like that's actually a really exciting line when you think about it. Like that yeah. line, that if that line could pop this year, I mean I, I I really like I struggle to think about what I think Patra is going to do this year. Like I I don't right. even have an idea of what I could expect from like a point production it might have been brett um i don't remember who it was but i think somebody in in the article that was released today on on primetime that was written by tommy bennett he did a little round table where he took uh, a lot of uh of the hockey podcasters or writers from primetime and kind of took our ideas of um you know who we think is going to finish top three in each division uh as well as some award winners and i think in that article i think it was brett said he thinks that 
Pottrock could get 50 points this year. I have like I really have no idea. But if you can have Pottrock on your third line, you know, getting between 40 and 50 points playing with Frederick. Frederick was sniffing 20 goals last year. If he's playing right. with a silky hand playmaker with a guy, he, I mean, Potro isn't going to shoot 75% for the whole season, but this is a guy <laughs> in the OHO last year. Some of his goals, the guy has a nose for the puck and he, you and I were, when we were playing NHL yesterday, it's almost like he has that seeing eye perk that Brett was yeah. talking about. Like he can <laughs> yeah. just rifle the puck from anywhere and it just gets through traffic. Um, so you have those two guys playing with geeky, a guy who can play center as well as ring as well as ring oh my god as well as ring. <laughs> there we go holy smokes um that, that line could really be something and if you can get um you know production like that out of your third line when you really i don't you really weren't expecting that out of your third line this year i mean that could be huge um now what do you think about jvr as your first line winger i don't remember how long has it been since marshawn hasn't been playing on that first line left wing position it's it's been a long time but with jvr on the left wing playing next to freaking um zaka Zaka. and pasa Dude, I I kind of like it. He's not very far removed from I, I I think off the top of my head. I'll look it up really quick, but I'm pretty sure um, he's not very far removed from his. I last think it was like two years season. ago. Oh, 30. I know, like a couple. I think it was two years ago. We had like 24 or something like that. But but I, it's interesting because I know um, a, a lot of us have been putting out our projections for for lines, obviously. And I don't really think anybody had JVR getting top line minutes. Obviously, I mean, it yeah. felt like one of. I mean, a lot of people had between DeBrusque and Pasta on that first and second line wing. It seemed like really the only constant in terms of forwards was okay line one left wing brad marchand like that was the only one that you were for sure penciling in and it it, it's interesting when you think about it like honestly it kind of makes a lot of sense i know that last year the connection between uh zaka and pasta that check connection i mean it it can't be denied like that right what what they can do together is insane and if you have pasta firing 350 plus shots a year with jvr's fat ass parked right in front of the goalkeeper (laughs) like who knows what kind of production you can get from that well, this is and, and before I I, I want to correct myself. So his last thirty goal season was actually when he was with Toronto in 2017, 2018. But uh, he scored twenty four two seasons ago, and he was he's with a trash bag Philadelphia Flyers team where he probably wasn't playing his best hockey. Um, but you could see him become a little bit revitalized. I would say I would say if he's on that line consistently, definitely over twenty goals with a guy like Zaka and Pasta, definitely over forty points. Um, but like you said, dude, let, let Zaka and pasta cook JVR with his big fat ass. He can clear out <laughs> some ice, camp himself in front of the net, collect rebounds, screen the goalie, tip the puck. Like you, you're playing with a guy in Zaka. Who's kind of a two way. I would say he's two way, but he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. So he'll probably be looking to feed pasta as much as he can. You got JVR creating space for pasta and Zaka to move around, screen the goalie Pasta's ripping a million shots a game anyways. So some of those are bound to go in. Um, and I, I kind of like it. And plus like, like you see what Montgomery, how Montgomery utilizes, um, you know, Lindholm and McAvoy, he spreads them out, spread out your, your weapons. Don't, 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 you know, be too top heavy on any line. You know, you got Grizzik and Mac, and then you split up Lindholm and, and McAvoy and you got Lindholm and Carlo McAvoy Grizzlick. And then you got, you know, pass on your first line, Marshawn on your third line or sorry, second line. And then a third line of freaking 
power and excitement and yeah, geeky and patra and then a fourth line that's just gonna fuck up it's gonna fuck up the world dude <laughs> even even like a guy like i feel like you look at the bruins first sign and you go okay like what are you gonna get out of jvr you know what you're gonna get out of pasta but even a guy like zaka i feel like nobody's <clears throat> really talking about that or maybe he's a guy who's flying under the radar because obviously he's not patrice bergeron but zaka's a guy he had one less point than bergeron did last year and i feel like when you when you like look at that and you kind of look at the scenarios of of, of a course He's not Patrice Bergeron, and a lot of Bergeron's uh, offensive output was aided by his defensive ability to also turn the puck over and, and get sustained pressure in the offensive zone. That definitely helps. But I mean, Zaka playing third line minutes primarily last year, sprinkling some second line minutes as well, playing center, playing wing. If you put him on your first line center position with uh, two, a, a 60 plus goal scorer on his right and a guy who can. We'll see what he can do this year, but he's been a 30-plus goal scorer in the past. I mean, who knows what kind of production you can get from Pavel Zaka. Dude, uh, Pavel, like last year, dude, he expl- – okay. So we we talked about this in earlier episodes. Like when he first initially got drafted, 2015, sixth overall pick with New Jersey, he kind of struggled because those New Jersey teams were rebuilding. They they weren't competing. They didn't have guys like, you know – well, actually, let me let me – take a step back they didn't have solidified guys guys like you know jack hughes who might have just been coming into the league and figuring things out himself um luke hughes jesper bratt um you know they weren't they weren't a contender the way that they are now and you saw him struggle and it seemed like new jersey kind of gave up on him and then he came to boston and he exploded dude 57 points last year 36 assists 21 goals and that's not playing first line minutes you're now sticking him on a line consistently with a guy in Pasternak who's a 50 goal scorer minimum he's mm-hmm. getting 50 minimum and now you're sticking this guy zaka with him consistently who's a playmaker at heart he's a playmaker at heart um you, He's going to have an opportunity here to to get 60 plus points. And I think it's more than doable for him, to be honest. Oh, yeah. And the big thing, too, for Pablo Zaka last year was last year was the first time he played a full NHL season. Before right. last year, he his career high was 70 games. He played a full 82 last year. So if you can also he's I mean, you know, again, you don't want to compare him to Bergeron because it's, it's not fair yeah. to him. But I mean, you know, Bergeron, you know, he has to take time off at the end of the year last year, the last couple of years because he's aging. He's had injury concerns. I know I believe he had back to back 70, 70 game seasons, Bergeron. But before that, he had like a string of 60 games or so. Some of yeah. them are injuries. Some of them are just managing his his age. But now, I mean, you have a 26 year old Pavel Zaka top Ooh. line center minutes with a 27 year old pasta on his right. And. Maybe JVR can turn back the clock. I don't know, but it, it, it feels like like a lot of these uh, lines are kind of like low floor, high ceiling lines. Yes, like you yes. said, like you know, passes minimum fifty goals. Uh, last year he got sixty. I mean, this year, who the hell he's gonna get seventy? I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> Pavel Zaka. He showed you last year what he can do, um, despite like you said playing with like limited line mates first year in a new system, new city, new team, third line minutes. Now he's getting his shot. And we just talked about the third line as well. Who was on the second line against you got Marshawn on left. was a coil in center into brusque on right. Uh, for the, I'm sorry for the second line, second line. Yeah. Yeah. Marshawn coil Debrusque. I mean, that's, that's a good line. That's a that's pretty a good, line. good line. That's a pretty that's good, a good line, line too. Is, is coil is coil a lefty or is he a righty? Um, I believe Coyle's a righty. I will okay. get, I'll, I'll, let me look it up and I'll get back to you, but I believe he's a righty. Yeah. Cause I mean, now that's a good line too. Cause of course you got Brad Marshawn. I mean, he's got the C in his sweater now. I mean, he's probably good for 80 plus points this year. 
Yeah, he's a righty. Okay, I was gonna say because isn't DeBrusque? I think DeBrusque is a lefty, is he not? I, I don't know, dude. Forget <laughs> it. No, don't don't even bother looking it up. I'm just talking now. He's a but, lefty. Uh, but uh, you know, Charlie Coyle's Mr. Consistent, the best third line center in hockey's, you know, getting a new cap to wear on his head. He's your new second line center. And like we were saying, Jake DeBrusque, one of the concerns that uh, we were talking about before was he played fantastic last year. Of course, it was yeah. a bit of a coming out party for him. He had a career year after having some injuries the last couple of years. Of course, he did break his leg after he single-handedly won the Winter Classic this year. <laughs> yep. But I know we were concerned about, like, would he be able to do that himself? Because he wouldn't be on a line with with Marshawn and he wouldn't be on a line with Bergeron anymore. Well, now, I mean, he's still on line with Brad Marshawn, so he doesn't have to carry. Because I, I think we were talking, like, predicting the lines. A lot of us had Marshawn... Um, I think like Marshawn, some of us had Marshawn, Zaka, Pasta. And then the second line was uh, like Frederick Coyle in um, DeBrusque. And he's like, holy hell, like you got to hope yeah. that like, Frederick gets <laughs> his upward swing because DeBrusque is going to have to just manhandle the offense for that line. But like you said before, like this is such a good way of balancing out the lines because now you don't have to worry about DeBrusque having to do everything for that second line anymore. Let's go, dude. We've got to, and by this time tomorrow, we're all going to be watching Bruins hockey. But, <laughs> dude, I think I think Coyle and DeBrusque together could cook. I think those two players together, especially when you throw Marshawn on the wing with those two, I mean, DeBrusque had 27 goals last year, 23 assists, 50 points. In 64 games, by the way. So he was, he was, if we all remember last season, you know, early on, he was almost a point per game player. And then obviously that injury at the Winter Classic happened where he, he kind of dropped off a little bit. And I mean, that's to be expected when you're coming back from an injury though, you know? Um, But if, if he's on a line with those two guys, I mean, come on, he's gonna, he's gonna put up numbers. He's going to put up numbers as long as he stays healthy. I mean, that's going to be a hard line to play against because like yes. you think about it, like like Marshawn's a huge piece of shit and like players hate playing against him because he's, I mean, he's Brad Marshawn. He's the Rat King and I say piece of shit in the most lovable way possible. He's yes, our it's a piece compliment. of shit. Yeah, yeah. it's a compliment. And, and Charlie Coyle, but he's obviously by no means the most skilled center in the league, but he's a hard, he's a big boy. I mean, he's hard to play against. Banging bodies with that guy in front of the net every game. He's solid in the dot. He was over 50% last year. He yep. plays a 200 foot game. He's, you know, long stick. He's just, He's just hard to play against. He's a big guy to get around. And then you got Jake DeBrus screaming down the right wing, the speed demon who can who can shoot out of a cannon at any given moment. And then to follow it up with a third line, you got the Wonder Kid at center. You got another piece of shit on left wing, and you got Geeky. Who knows what he can do on <laughs> right wing? Like they're gonna be a hard team to play against this year, dude. This listen, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. This team is good. <laughs> 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 they are good. This and team that's why, is like, good. Like every, it's not that everybody writes them off, but like I was, <laughs> I was looking at like uh, people's uh, predictions this year for the for the Atlantic, and a lot of people still had Tampa Bay finishing in the top three. I mean, that was a team if they had a healthy Vasilevsky for the first two months of the season, absolutely. Yeah, but that's a story. that's a serious. Cons- I know they're playing right now. I don't know. Uh, they're playing Nashville. I know Nikita Kucherov scored the first goal of the season. Congrats yep. to him. But I mean. Th- I feel like you when you look at the Bruins last year and you think about the retirements, the players that left, the players that were traded, obviously there's going to be a drop-off. But even if the Bruins have 30 less points than they did last year, that's a massive drop-off, right? They're, they're still like a 105-point team. Like, that's still a ridiculously good team. Yes. And um, and I think that, like, the emergence of Patra certainly helps. 
if you can get something out of Lorai, like if he comes up, whatever he comes up, he'll be up, you know, at some point this year. And if he can continue to play like he did at moments in the preseason, like you really have something here. Yeah, you really do. Also, um, I just I just put my ESPN plus on. Uh, Tampa just scored an empty net. They end up winning five to three. Kucherov with two goals, I believe, in this game. Um, but just just going on my ESPN app, click and watch, and seeing the opening night banner and the fans going crazy. I oh, I am so happy, dude. And listen, this is me. Little tidbit. I just had a like thirteen hour day at work, and I was texting Mel. I was frustrated. I was annoyed. I was bombed. I was pissed. And then I come home. I get to do this with Mel. I get to turn on hockey on my phone. And I just get to... It makes me so happy. <laughs> we're playing We're playing men's league right after this. We're, we're going to be sipping Coronas in the locker room. I heard that the uh, other team isn't very good that we're playing. <laughs> yes. Yes. We better win. But I mean... I mean, oh my God, am I happy? I don't even. What were we talking about? I just got I happy by, by by. I think we're talking about the socks or something, dude. I yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, there's so many things to be positive about with this team. The only thing that's a little bit scary and can really throw, you know, a, a wrench into the plans is a couple of injuries, long-term injuries, right? Because. Luckily, we have Matt Patra, and we'll obviously see how he does in this nine-game trial and, and if he ends up sticking with the team. But if an injury occurs to, say, Marchand, Coyle, Zaka, Pasta, Pasta I mean, oh. you, you're kind of spread thin a little bit in terms of talent, right? Obviously, you have guys like Mark McLaughlin, uh, Trevor Kuntar, Oscar Steen, shout out, Um in, in even on the back end, Mason Lorai, um, Ian Mitchell can jump in. Like, sure, you have those replacements, but, I mean, it, it, it's kind of thin in terms of talent, right? Yeah. You know who I wanted to mention as well? Um, just because you and I were talking about him last night, the, the goal that um, the Farinacci sequence guy got down in Providence. Oh, nasty. Obscene. Overtime winner. Obscene. We, should, we need to bring back the Spank Bank of the Week, by the way. And I think that... Oh, you're right! <laughs> that, right. that I was thinking about it the other day. That call might take it because that was ridiculous. I forgot about that. We do have to bring back the spank bank of the week. If you, if you guys are kind of new to the show, um, first of all, shout out to you guys and welcome aboard. Um, we'll be going all year. <laughs> but last season, we would take a highlight from anywhere in the hockey world, right? Youth hockey, college hockey, juniors, NHL, AHL, whatever. And it would be awarded the crown of the spank bank of the week. And obviously post on Twitter or whatever. Throw it in here in the episode, the little call. But um, yeah, the spank bank of the week is just a highlight. And so if you see just an absolutely disgusting hockey play in any realm of the sport, tag me. Tag Mel, tag the uh, something's ruined Twitter account, so we see it and we can you know take it into consideration for the spank bank of the week. Yeah, it's like our own little version of the ESPN top ten, and that's why yeah. you got to make sure you follow us on Twitter at Bruin something, no G, sorry, no G at the end of that at Bruin something, because um, if if you're new here, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to our old episodes because you will notice a trend. Every everything that Sully and I do is an is a total learning curve. Like yep. we like we will introduce <laughs> something new to the show or start a new segment, and like the first couple times we do it, it's like 
what the hell are these idiots doing? Like, this is the worst thing ever. And it takes us a little bit to get it down. So, like, I remember that the first time we did the Spank Bake of the Week, uh, the goal was just, like, it was so loud. And, and like, I remember listening to the episode because when you and I were, like, doing the episode, talking about it, we were watching it on our phone. Yeah. And then I, I, I didn't realize until I was listening to the episode the next day that, like, Oh, like they're they're just hearing the call. Like this isn't like this isn't like nothing like actually seeing it on Twitter. Yeah, you can't even watch it. Like it has such a different experience. And like the the one that we ended up winning, I don't remember what it was, but I remember because the call, like you didn't even hear the call. Like the like the announcer's like, oh, and like so and so takes it. Just listening to that call, you have absolutely no idea what is going on. (laughs) You need to make sure that you follow us on Twitter, the at Bruin something, so you can see the actual hockey clip, the goal that we're referencing in the episodes. Otherwise, it's just nothing but people screaming in your ear about a goal. (laughs) Yeah. So if you see a highlight, hashtag Spank Bank of the Week, uh, and then tag us, any of us three, myself, Nick, or uh, the. um, What did you just call me? podcast account nick i meant mel (laughs) weird but um yeah dude so tomorrow against chicago uh obviously Connor bedard is in town the return of taylor hall the return of nick felino um i the pittsburgh and chicago game is actually just about to get started i have it up on my phone right now so we'll we'll you know see what happens with that but um this is a team in chicago that you know, obviously the Bruins at home, you want to get started off on the right foot. Uh, you got this this phenom that everybody's been hearing about all offseason. Um, Connor Bedard, you want you want to take that game and you you need the two points. Start off on the right foot, start the season off on the right foot. Um, you know, everyone's talking about it. The Matt Patra versus Connor Bedard game. Oh yeah. Especially these uh these uh, out of conference games are so important because you only you only see him twice. The only time they're going to come to your barn all year. Um, yep. But dude, Connor Bedard. I mean, the stuff that he was doing. I mean, we all saw what he was doing last year with the Regina. Is it Regina Pats? Is that how you say it? I think so. Sounds a little dirty, but uh, we all saw what he was doing last year with the Pats. And then, of course, he, in the preseason, he he didn't slow down at all. Like some of the clips. First of all. ESPN, TSN, Sportsnet, all of them are all over Connor Bedard. This kid could fart, and they would tweet a highlight video of it. Like he, <laughs> he, he does everything insane, and he like I remember like he had this like backhand saucer pass in uh, in training camp with the Blackhawks. It was like just the most yes. obscene thing. And like Connor Bedard, like this kid was seventeen years old, like two and a half months ago. Like he's fresh out the womb, eighteen years old, <laughs> and uh, to see what he can no no to see what he can do on a hockey rink. It, it's it's ridiculous. Like I I think I was it was either on Twitter or it might have been on TikTok because I'm I'm chronically on TikTok, and it was a video of one of one of Connor Bedard's goals. And um, I remember when the Bruins first drafted Phil Kessel, the way that he would be able to do the quick toe drag snapshot was like yeah. rev, like revolutionary. Like players have done it, but Phil Kessel mastered it. That was his go to move. If you see Phil Kessel slowly starting to enter the toe drag, it's a goal. You know it's yeah. a goal. Good luck. Um, and like Connor Bedard had this goal. It didn't even make sense. Like he was he was skating. Um, so there was sustained pressure in the offensive zone. He was kind of coming off the blue line, like skating diagonally towards the net. And he was maybe between the top of the circle and the hash marks. And there was a guy like right in front of him. Like you couldn't even see the goalie. He was right in front of him. And he did like this 
toe drag and but like pulled it next to his uh his front foot and he didn't even follow straight like he just it it, it he looked like he had a broom in his hand he was just brewing yeah. <laughs> and it like beeline just straight needle top left corner and it was like holy shit like what this kid can do and and you know if you aren't excited enough that's that tonight now i guess is the opening night for the boston bruins double the excitement because you're getting to see Connor bedard in your in your hometown primetime TV. And I'm just as excited to see Connor Bedard play tomorrow as I am the Bruins. Yeah, no, me too, dude. Um, I wish I, I wish I snagged opening night tickets, but you never know what's going to happen with me and work, but that doesn't really matter. <laughs> do you, wait, um, do you, do you think that Taylor Hall is going to get a video? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. I, yes, I do. I think, <laughs> What about uh, what about Felina? I was gonna say, if you give one to Hall, you need to give one to Felina. Okay, if you had to pick one, who would you pick? Taylor Hall. I would say Nick Felino. Really? No, that's yeah. actually a lot harder than you than it. Than, yeah. than it should be. Right? Like, like Uncle Fliggy, like, well, because you saw how much he meant to this team last year, right? When, right especially right. when Bergeron was out, and 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 Nick Felino uh, stood up, and he was the one who was doing the little three sixty spin thing and, and hugging the goalies, and they were coming off the ice. So he clearly had a big role with this team. But right, maybe the, maybe they just they just do one together. That's what I was thinking. I think they'll do one for both of them. But um, that's a good question. I didn't even think of that. Um, you I know bet what I, they do. You I think they it, give one for Ryan Donato. Oh God! <laughs> I still have my America Runs on Donato shirt somewhere hanging in my closet. Awesome. I bet you, I bet you they do like a, almost like like a motion graphic thing on the board of uh, Taylor Hall and uh, Nick Foligno, and they'll be like, yeah. "Oh, thank you for everything you did." Let's hear it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hear it. Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, Boston, stand up. Let's hear it. <laughs> And then, and then they go, we want everybody to turn your heads towards the north side of the building. And everybody looks up and the spotlights turn up and they drop a flag and it's just 71 Hall hanging from the pinners right next to Polino. Dude, the whole garden blacks out. Everyone's like, what's going on? Are they gonna, is this like a 100th year celebration? And the spotlight only goes on Felino and Hall. Everyone's no, like, no, no it's... it's- <laughs> The light shines on top of Nick Felino's bald head, and everybody. Oh God! It's blinding everybody in the front. Bald, bald, <laughs> like like King Neptune from SpongeBob. He's, yes. <laughs> Put a bag on his head. <laughs> Donato's on the bench, like, what about me? I'm yeah. from here. I've been waiting five years for my video. <laughs> yeah. It's like the those, Olympics. It's like those videos you see when it's like, uh, it's and they're like meme videos. It's like. You know, Ryan Donato highlights and there's a sick music and it just turns black. And then <laughs> it's there for like three seconds and then it just goes, Thank you. Didn't the Blue Jackets put one out when it was like, um, Jonathan Quick highlights and it was just like a yes. screen because then they immediately flipped them to the to the knights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, but the best the best is when they do uh somebody gets traded for uh, cash considerations. So they 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 photoshop a photo of a, a big bag of cash in their team's jersey and they're like, oh like we're introducing, you know, cash considerations from you know Vancouver and our latest deal or something like that. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Dude, they are. They're so funny. But um, yeah, I, I I bet they both get a video. And you're right. It probably will be together. They're not going to do like two separate videos. Yeah. The only thing that would maybe, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not detract, but diminish. Diminish, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> is the fact that it's the hundredth year and it's opening night. And I know they have planned celebrations for that. So I don't know if they would want to prolong the puck drop anymore. You to know, give they, them a, a video. Because like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's Ray Bork. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> Bobby Orr is coming back in town or something like they'll probably do it. Like, you know, Nine minutes left in the second period. Quick TV yeah. timeout. Here, they probably won't even mention it on the on the broadcast. Well, I don't know if Jack would be able to mention. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean. Like they're probably just something quick in the second period. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say uh, I don't know if never mind. But anyways, um, well, <laughs> let's uh let's jump into the DM dude. So we, again, we asked obviously for for DM questions from you guys, and you guys answer the call as usual. So shout out to you guys. Um. We'll start. We'll just go down the list, right? Wait, do you want to read the one from Jack? Actually, yeah. Start with yeah. Jack. Shout Jack out to is, the UK. Shout out, Jack. He gives it. I think I don't want to start uh, a war, or or I don't want to get anybody jealous between uh, DMers. But Jack is emerging as my favorite. I think Jack and Ethan two right now. They're they're head to head right now. They're neck and neck. Also, we got to start getting the voicemail lineup too. If yeah, we I haven't even checked it in a month. If listen, if you called us like a month ago and never heard your voicemail, <laughs> it's because we forgot to check. I'm sorry. But <laughs> yeah. next next week we'll start incorporating voicemails again. But uh Jack, you can follow Jack on, on Twitter at hang on, hang on, at a Jack B underscore, although he is private, so he might not accept your follow request. Jack said, <clears throat> Hey, first things first, your English accent is fantastic. My question for you guys this week is how do you feel about games like the global series going ahead in foreign countries? There's been talk of the Premier League being played around the world and its fans over here have made it very clear we think it's a terrible idea as it takes the game away from true fans. I hate this idea and my team Middlesbrough plays in the championship, also known as the second tier of English football, so it wouldn't be in any danger of playing abroad. If it was down to me, and to be fair, I'd probably do less damage to the NHL than Bettman, so why not? I'd have NHL teams come over to Europe during preseason to do many friendly round-robin tournaments featuring NHL teams as well as European teams. I think it would be brilliant if preseason was spent somewhere like Sweden, Finland, or Czech, countries where strong hockey cultures who'd pack stadiums out to see NHL stars play their local teams. Absolute banger of a question from Jack. I think that's a that's a like that's actually a really really good idea. It's a great idea. I don't know if you. I mean, I know you do, but for people who don't listen to Spit and Chicklets, I know they had um uh the episode they had with Tuka Rask on, and he's not the only person. A lot of these players from like you know Scandinavia, like Finland, Norway, Sweden, even like um Czech Republic, like teams like that or players from countries like that, they talk about how they get literally no NHL coverage. Like the only time they're able to uh, yeah. like familiarize themselves with what's going on in the NHL is like a 10 second, uh, a 10 minute, like uh, a week mashup that they do on TV, like once a week, it's like once a week, they all pack in front of their TVs for 10 minutes and they watch to see what's happened in the NHL for last week. And that's it. And they get nothing out of it. Like they were talking to uh spit and chicklets. They were talking to Tuka Rass, like asking him about like, Oh, like growing up, like who was your favorite player? In the NHL, you know, who was this, who was that? And he was like, honestly, I don't know. I didn't even follow the NHL. And he was like, I didn't even know who the Boston Bruins were. I didn't know where Boston was, which is ridiculous from like a, a North American person. How do you not know where Boston is? And how do you not know about the Boston Bruins? But for countries, or for teams like, or for people, Jesus Christ, for people like that over in Europe, hockey fans who can't follow the NHL. I mean, you know about the NHL, but you can't follow the NHL because it's just not covered. 
if the NHL were to go play games out there, I mean, hockey's already booming, but if these NHL stars now, they don't have to sit in front of their TV for 10 minutes every weekend, if they're actually coming, you know, to their town, to their city, to their country, to play in these exhibition games, that's a great idea. And I think that's exactly why the NHL didn't do it because Gary Bettman <laughs> is a moron. <laughs> no, I, I actually agree completely. That's a great idea. Plus like, dude, you got these guys from, from obviously international countries. If you hold preseason games, say in Europe, uh Australia even I mean they can they can go home they they can extend their time at home their families can go watch them play their friends can go watch them play and and the league that they have strived to be in their entire life is the best league in the world for hockey oh yeah and I think that would be such a cool idea and that's a great way to to expand your fan base too in, in terms of the NHL like the Bruins uh I forget it, it, it might have been it was either Connor Ryan or Ty Anderson. So shout out to them. But they reported that the Bruins actually were one of the teams that were chosen to start the season in Australia this year. But the team said no, because they had all this stuff planned out for the hundredth year. They wanted to stay in Boston to start the year, obviously, for the centennial season, which makes sense. And I'm actually very glad that they said no to that. Um, but it, it totally makes sense. Um, it you know, don't bring a team halfway through the season over to Finland, right? Yeah. Like, I, like imagine last year the Bruins, right, on one of their multiple like twenty game win streaks, go over to like Finland or or Prague or or whatever. All of a sudden, like now they're thrown into this travel, you know, hassle. Their mojo gets thrown off, and that can throw off your season a little bit. Like, don't do it mid season. Preseason is. I, I fucking love that idea. That is perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the NFL does it mid season. Like uh, I, the 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 Patriots. I think they play in Germany next week or the weekend after, which is like cool. I gotta wake up at nine thirty to watch a game. But like other than that, like I like preseason. I think makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, the only like I don't know about having NHL teams play like like he said for example uh having nhl teams come over to europe during preseason to do mini friendly round robin tournaments fe- featuring oh featuring nhl teams as well as european teams i mean i think if you had a couple of nhl teams over there that'd be fine but i don't know how i feel about having nhl teams playing european teams just cuz like i don't know i could, i think it would be great for the european teams cuz you could have players get noticed i mean there's nhl scouts coaches players everywhere in the arena i mean who can notice these players but just thinking of like I don't know, like one of them like wants to get noticed and maybe takes a run at somebody or, or I don't know, like the, like the biggest thing, uh, 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 the only way that a team can win the preseason is if they could come out of the preseason with no injuries. And I feel like if you're, if you're doing a mini round Robin with teams that aren't in the same league per se, who are, who are battling for different things, I feel like, um, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it could get, I, it could get ugly or somebody could get hurt or I don't know, but that's hockey. Somebody could get hurt anytime. So maybe that's, I'm just, yeah, that's true. I mean, it would be, it would be a cool concept. It, um, yeah, and especially like right now too, like like a th- recency bias with Matt Potra. I've had the same. That's exactly uh, what I was gonna say. Yeah, would you have had the same impact if if it was kind of like a tournament style preseason against other you know NHL or not NHL other you know league teams? It's a it's a very 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 cool idea, and it, it yeah. could definitely help grow the game too. Um, damn, you know, like no, that you, idea. And, it, and it gives us as, as sorry, but it gives us as like Americans 
a, a chance to see what other leagues players are like as well. Yeah. And no, I think that that's a, that's a great point. I was kind of thinking that too, about like, you know, a preseason for like veterans is like, all right, like let's get the feet moving. Let's get ready. For yeah. The season. Yeah. Preseason for like, we just said, Portois, Portois, how do you say his damn Patra. name? Patra or Patra. like Johnny Beecher. Like these are guys trying to like start their career. And if you right. were to like, there was already an uphill battle for them. Now you got to throw in, they got to, you know, fly halfway across the world and live in another foreign country for a month and play a round Robin tournament to make, like, I feel like that's a little unfair to them. And uh, it might be harder for some of these guys to crack rosters. But if you were to send the Providence Bruins over there and maybe some other AHL teams around the league, like with some of these guys who, you know, aren't going to make the NHL club, but now they can go to Europe, represent the team, the organization and the culture and play against some of these European teams. And maybe you can have a guy play against the top team in Sweden with the Providence Bruins and, and absolutely pop off or something. And maybe that's a way for him to get noticed because he wasn't going to get noticed in the, in the preseason anyways, because he wasn't going to be playing any games with the Bruins. Like that could be a win-win thing, right? If you just send a bunch of AHL teams over there instead of NHL yes, teams. I was thinking that too. Look at us, man. We're on the same wavelength tonight. <laughs> <laughs> dude um shout out to jack though jack's always coming in with the hot questions oh yeah but now i think we should uh the battle of the dms i guess because now comes in ethan 2.0's two-part questions uh follow him on twitter at incredible mr e7 shout out to him he's been um he's been one of the goats dude from the beginning one of the legends of the pod what <laughs> uh Oh God. No, this is my, uh, Ethan Moriarty, Ethan 1.0 just yeah. sent me a DM on Twitter of, uh, the puck just dropped in, in Pittsburgh between the Blackhawks and the Penguins and, yeah. and Pete Blackburn just tweeted a, a video of the opening face-off between Bedard and Crosby. It was like the cleanest face-off win for Crosby that you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> it wasn't even close. And Pete Blackburn said, as clean of a face-off win as you will ever see, Bedard sucks ass. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> literally like, like, like the ref, like the ref was like looking around, right? And he did the signal to the goalies and there was like three seconds left in the video. And as he was still signaling the goalies, I was like, is he going to drop the puck? And he looks down and as soon as the puck drops, the drops hits the ice. It's on crystal tank stick. Like it wasn't <laughs> even close to a, a good Bedard, Bedard's a bust. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Forget what we were just saying about him. <laughs> this comes in from E 2.0, his two parters. Um, again, incredible. Mr. E seven, follow him on Twitter. But he said part one. Ooh, he said part one. What goal song is worse? Chelsea dagger. Hawks hot take or make my dreams come true. Leafs. That's definitely a, that's a ridiculous, ridiculous question. Are you kidding me with that? Definitely the Leafs. Definitely yeah. The Chelsea Leafs. Dagger is amazing. I still listen Chelsea, to that. Dude, Chelsea Dagger and Zombie Nation. Those are the top two in the league. Neck by far. Neck. Like if yeah. like I and I, I want like Bruins fans know Chelsea Dagger almost as well as they know Zombie Nation just because of uh, by the way is it called Zombie Nation by Kerncraft 400 or is it the other way I, around I think it's Kerncraft 400 by Zombie Nation it's Zombie Nation dude it's zo- nobody's going to call it Kerncraft yeah. 400 what does Forget that even that. mean <laughs> but like I I wonder if teams around the league know the Bruins goal song like as well as like fans like us know the Chelsea so. Dagger for example cuz the Chelsea Dagger is the like when I think of the Chelsea, like the Chelsea Dagger goal song, I think of Patty Kane. I yep. think of Jonathan Taves. I think of uh, uh, Crawford. What was Crawford's first name? The one with no glove hand? 
Um, I almost said Brandon Crawford, but he's a shortstop for the Giants. Forget it. You know who I'm talking? Corey Crawford. Corey right? Crawford. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I think of those dominant Blackhawks teams from the early 20 teens. And uh, no, that that song is so synonymous with Chicago. And I don't even know what Toronto's goal song sounds like. But if if it was up against, it could have been any song other than you know, uh, Zombie Nation up against Chelsea Dagger, and I would have taken the other song. Yes, he said. He said. Um, personally, he thinks it's the Leafs because I never understand how that's a great choice with hockey. He said Chelsea at least kind of works with the da 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 Yeah, no, Montreal used to have a really annoying one too because it was like this high pitched like French pop song. Oh no, Montreal had um. No, no. You still always pick that in in NHL, my franchise, because it's annoying as hell. I I always have hated Montreal, um, their their actual horn, but one of their goal songs was so good. Fuck, I forget what it was. Um, damn it, I can't remember. It'll randomly come to me. I can hear it in my head, but I can't. Hear, I can't think of the name of the song. But yeah, anyways, yeah. Montreal's horn is the worst in the league. It's the fucking like like you're in traffic and some minivan behind you is just laying on the horn. Oh wait, is it is it Carolina that has the really like high pitched like? No. It's almost like a cat screeching. No, is, Car- that might be Montreal actually. Now that I think yeah, about it. Carolina's is actually really low. Carolina's is like. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like a foghorn yes it's Ooh. it's awful it's like, and then the song after it's like Woo. <laughs> it's so bad oh wait no 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 the worst is washington oh oh i remembered uh, the canadian song used to be vertigo and it used to piss me off because i loved that song and i was like i like god How does damn it, go? it um um isn't that uh, when you can't stand? You keep falling over yourself? Vertigo, vertigo? Yeah, vertigo is when you have like a wicked bad concussion and you just get like wicked imbalance. No, it's not a concussion. It's a, like a medical disorder, isn't it? Wait, it's by U2. Hang on. Oh, I hate U2. Although, did you just see them play at the Sphere in Vegas? Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on, dude. I can feel that's, that's That's like... That's like uh, like you know, the Van Dad is the head coach of your mighty <laughs> hockey team, and that's the song he puts on when the team skates out during the tournament up in Vermont. <laughs> yeah, everybody's dude, rolling their eyes. I used to, I used to fucking, I, I it always like made me mad because obviously we hate the Canadians, but at like, I, I found myself kind of like bopping my head. A little bit. <laughs> You know, who's going to be the first team to pull out some classical music as their goal song? Dude, have you ever heard the blues? Uh, n- no. Listen, so. listen, listen. Wasn't listen. it Gloria? Uh, no, that was just like their win song. Hang on. I'll, oh. This is this is kind of fun. Like, the, <laughs> I hope this comes through, uh, you know, with the audio. Hang on. Um, like, imagine like your team scores and all of a sudden Beethoven Symphony Number no. 5 starts playing. Listen, this is St. Louis. It's loading. This song's... Wait, listen, listen, listen. (laughs) (laughs) What is there, an ice cream truck running around the right? Dude, can you imagine scoring a giant, like, game-tying goal with, like, three seconds left and then that goes on? 
Jesus, now we know why Tarasenko no. wanted out of St. Louis so bad. Tor- Tori Krug deserves better. He went from Zombie Nation to that. Oh my god. <laughs> it's literally there's literally an ice cream truck going around the rink when somebody and, scores a goal in St. Louis. And, and that's not even like an intro to like a banger of a song. It's it's that for the next minute and a half. Oh my god. For the sake of the St. Louis Blues fans, I hope you get shut out every single game this year. So you never have to listen to that damn song. But then on, on the other hand, that means Bennington's having himself a good year. So there's really no win scenario out there in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think St. Louis actually probably has the worst song now that we're wow, we're still on that question. Yeah. <laughs> I think St. Louis has the worst one. Um, with a close to second in Carolina, but yeah, um, anything Carolina sucks. Honestly, I hate that franchise. Yeah, E 2.0 second question to his two parter is, who do you think has the best goal? Oh, who do you think has the best goal horn <laughs> aside from the Bruins? Obviously, um, he says Caps with the siren going in the back. Oh, no, dude, I was just saying. I think That's the Caps is one. the worst because it's so annoying. Really, I, I don't I, mind I, it. As soon as somebody scores, and it's the automatic like. Like the loudest, like death jarring, like scream of a siren. Okay, so outside of the Bruins, kind of Chicago, but I'll go outside of that. Arizona, low key. It's the um, I, I don't know what band sings it, but it's the baby I'm howling for you that song. But then when they, but 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 after they say howling for you, they have a coyote in the back going, oh oh oh. Oh, and it must be really loud because they're playing in like a youth hockey, league, right? <laughs> it's, it's actually echoing throughout the all the empty seats. Yeah, no. What they actually do is they put a little uh, a little Bluetooth speaker on the table and they just hold the microphone right in front of it, and that's how they get it to play in the center <laughs> speaker there in uh, Mullet Arena, wherever the hell they're playing. Actually, dude, I don't, dude. I really like the segment. Hang on, I'm gonna play Arizona's horn real quick. Okay? <laughs> No, you know what? That's actually kind of cool. It is kind of cool. And then all 350 fans are going crazy. Yeah. (laughs) All the drunk college kids are like, fuck yeah! Free tickets! Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, I don't don't know goal horns like that. I know. I don't know who it is, but the one where they have the quick three bursts, like, and then it goes into the song. I don't know what team that is, but I like that one. That's the one I always try to set for my franchise in NHL, but I can never find it. Time out. How do we not think of this? Um, what do the what does the Bruins sound like? I just skip <laughs> the horn and I just go right to Zombie Nation. I don't even know what it sounds like. Although this might be this might be uh, a take. Um, I don't like the Bruins. And now we're getting too nitpicky. I don't like the the Bruins end of period horn. <laughs> Yeah, did you just go cross out and you're doing that? Yeah, maybe I don't even I didn't mean to, but I don't know. But, like I need something loud and in my face. Like I need the period to the period is over. Go to the locker room. Like I feel like the like that one is just kind of like, hey, like yellow like, light, uh, like period is ending, you know. Like uh like almost like a nuclear warhead siren, like uh, yes. like like, like how are you so good at that? I don't know. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that they actually don't have a, a horn? It's actually a person with a microphone who does that? Yeah, it's actually me. That's how. I'm yeah, that's that. what I was going to say. Sorry, I just outed you on the pod. Yeah, uh, God damn it. There's your night um, job. How do we not say this? Ready? Ready? I, yep. I swear, of course, an ad plays. Hang on. 
but you're gonna i i think a lot of people tend to forget this this horn in song okay, come on dude oh that's electric no but here's my thing though because I feel like yeah. if you're if you're if you're an NHL team yeah. and, and you're trying to pick a goal song, there's a there's a thin line between a dance song and between like a good song, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that's your team's if that's your team's goal song, great song, catchy song. But I'm half expecting my team to start doing the cha cha slide on center ice after they score because that's the kind of song that it it makes you want to do. <laughs> but like Chelsea Dagger, like that makes you want to like be hammered and stand up with the fellows and just start giving out high fives everybody in the, in the row that I'm in. Or like when Zombie Nation comes on and everybody at the same time does it. Oh, yeah. Like when we dude. score on ESPN, <laughs> yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah. Like I think when you got to find songs like that, even that one in Mullet Arena you were just playing. But like yeah. if it's like a, like a little like a dinky little video game song in St. Louis where everybody's just like, what the hell is this? St. Louis doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, they never do. Or the song that you just played before that when it's like, this is like like a dance song like i feel like you gotta look at the bench and everybody's dancing i think there's a there's a there's a thin line between dance songs and between like drunk belligerent screaming we just scored songs you know yeah i i think chicago and boston hit the nail on the head with their goal songs like the bruins can like the day that they retire zombie nation is the day that i just i become a providence bruins fan i was gonna (laughs) say something really bad no it's the day that it's the day that i just completely I'll say it go soft I don't care <laughs> I don't care whoa my lights went out I guess oh, that man. comment that comment was too much they just shut me down <laughs> they just cut your energy bill they did <laughs> cancelled that was Sulky. the final straw Sulky. oh god but but um no, all jokes aside, it's literally the most perfect goal song of all time. I mean, yeah. even the Patriots use it, you know, on defensive stops, right? Or no, no, sorry, they they use the Bruins goal horn. But yeah, um, I think we're lucky just as Bruins fans. We everything that this organization does is just top notch. Like literally, they, they, they just they just do everything right, just about you know, except for um, just about we we won't talk about, about him. We won't yeah. talk about him. No, Everyone right. knows what we're talking next about. Next question. Next question. Next question. All right. <laughs> so the next question. Um, oh boy, I hang on. I gotta find it. The next question comes in from um duty duty tommy bennett shout out to tj shout out to follow him on twitter at tj bennett 37 he said over under patra goals opening night he said he sets it at one um well so it has to be over so he either scores two goals or he scores none he will say 0.5 does he score does he score or not um no, I'm gonna say no. But you know what? Hot take: <sighs> Trent Frederick will score on an assist from yes. Patra. I say he gets a point. I think it, he he might even get two. He might get two assists. I don't know if he scores, but I think he gets a point for sure. I mean, although at the same time, um, he he will be taking faceoffs directly across from Cole Gutman, who is also making his NHL debut that night. So there's because I don't know because I was thinking about that like the line combinations. Like it's not just that like. You have Portra down in your third line, but it's also like you, you know, for the at least the next nine games, you have him playing against third line centers. Thinking about if he was your first line center or your second line center, like 
you know, Edmonton comes into town and suddenly he's taking face-offs opposite of Connor McDavid. Or like, you know, he's, you know, they play the Florida Panthers and now he's lining up against Alexander Barkov. Like, good luck, you know, or like he like Nico Hirshire down in, in New Jersey. Like he has the the more of a chance to get impact uh, uh production, I'll say, playing against third line centers than, you know, who he could if he was on the first or second line. So that's a long yeah. way for me to say, no, I don't think he scores open night, but I do think he gets an assist. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't think he gets a goal, but I do think for sure he finds himself on the score sheet somehow. Here's a here's a question we didn't talk about. Is he on one of the two power play units? Ooh. Yes. I bet he's on the second unit. No. <laughs> Screw it. He's on the first unit. Dude, I don't know though, because if he, if 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 the Bruins envision him, if this is like his nine game tryout period, do you want him like would you not want to have your power play minutes or your power play line set in stone? Like if he's if he's like your first line, you know, getting first line power play minutes and then nine games in, you gotta fill the hole with somebody else. I, mean, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. But Nah, screw it. Yeah, he's on the power play. Put him on the second power play unit. Yeah, second. I do. That would be interesting. I do want to see him on the power play. Um, but this, yeah. So we say no goals, but definitely a point. Um, shout out to Tommy. No but goals, this no next, misses. this next yeah. question, this next question comes in from all goals, no misses. Um, yeah. Grace, you can follow her on Twitter at Grace, or, or I'm sorry, at G Robs underscore Boston. Uh, she said, talk about Heinen and how he needs to be on the team immediately. No, I, I think he does. don't think he needs to. Yeah, no, I'm fine without him on the team immediately. Uh, yeah. Well, but, I mean, it's a good spot to be in because, I mean, Danton Heinen was uh, – he was more than solid when he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, did yeah. he – he was sniffing 20 goals as well, was he not? Yeah, I mean, not a bad player. He's fine, but I don't think he needs to be on the team like ASAP. Yeah, and, and, and like it's uh, – like he's not – I don't know. Like he's not exactly. I think he. Yeah, you can go. No, I was just gonna say. Like, look at the lineup right now. We're yeah. We don't. We don't need him in this lineup. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, two years ago he had 18 goals. So he was sniffing. Uh, actually, 18 goals playing under 13 minutes a night is is pretty crazy. That's pretty damn good. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you're talking like these lines we're talking about, I mean, he's he's a left winger, I believe. Yeah, center center left winger. I mean, he's. You don't really see him playing over. Porto, at least to start the season, you don't see him no. playing over Trent Frederick, and I feel like his skill set, his skill set, yeah, but he's a lefty. I mean, you wouldn't want to put Heinen on the on the uh, right yeah, wing, really, uh, unless that's he's true. a goal scorer, which is you know really not known to be a, a lamp lighter. Um, but like his his skill set, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I didn't expect it, but it was really funny. His his skill set also really doesn't translate well to the too well to the fourth line i think he's he's a bit of a skilled player he's got more production than that and like i feel like when you're building a team typically your fourth line is more of a line that bangs bodies and i feel like lucic right now where he is in his career is the embodiment of a fourth line player in the nhl especially with the bruins organization and um and i really like johnny beecher and you know yep. i think the i think you know heinen maybe i think heinen makes a team if Maybe nine games from now, Portra is struggling and they send him back to the OHL. And, you know, maybe now you got your third line left winger and Frederick slides to the center. Or you can put Heinen at center. I mean, I'd rather him at wing and Frederick at center. Or you have Geeky. Put Geeky at center. Damn it. But you have, <laughs> you have all, of these, all of these opportunities. But um, I really think you're not going to know anything until the Bruins make a decision on Portra after his nine game start to the season. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, too. You're... <sighs> Do you think he stays? I I do. I think I think regardless of how these nine games go, I think he's I think he's staying. Yeah, it's ooh, 
Oh, I'm but so that's, excited. But that's where it's interesting because he can grow a lot and he can learn a lot. Um, I think, uh, like, uh, part of me, like, the perfect scenario could be if he could start the season in Providence mm. because, you know, I, I think mm. that, I think he'll, you know, he'll get more minutes, he'll get his opportunity, um, and then he's going to, he's going to call, you know, he'll be called up eventually. But I think it's fine the way that the Bruins are doing it because they have to do it. But, like, he's either going to go back to the OHL and really get nothing out of that. Like, he dominated last year. There's really nothing there for him anymore, I feel like. And, and it's either that or he makes the leap to the NHL and he hopefully plays well. And I think that he will. And I think that, I think he's going to stick around. I think he's going to, what, what's up? No, I'm just excited. Oh yeah, no, I think he's, he's, <laughs> he's obviously on the roster. I think he makes the nine games and I think he's on this team to end the season. He's yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah, so shout out to Grace for the question. But this next one comes in from um, Braden. You can follow him. On Twitter at Braden Shoe Ten, that's S H U E Ten. He said, "Who is your preseason dark horse team for the Cup?" He thinks it's Dallas because they aren't getting talked about enough. The LA Kings. Yes, yes, dude. They no. are they are so deep at center. That team is absolutely ridiculous, dude. The LA Kings are, I will say, better than Vegas. Um. And I think they're on par with Colorado with how deep they are, dude. Down the middle, they got Kopitar, Dubois, Deneau. And then they got Fiala, Kempe, uh, Byfield. I'm blanking on one one other guy. Shoot. But, I mean, even on the back end, Drew Doughty. I mean, come on. The LA Kings are fucking good. And they're actually going to be a dangerous team. I think, for me, ooh, Fuck, LA is such a good pick, Mel. God damn it. Thank you. I almost um, I, I almost picked them to win the Stanley Cup in Tommy's article that he wrote, but I didn't. Shit. Wait, I you know what? When, when we end this episode, we should quickly go through our, our picks who we had for that. Just so people can listen yeah. and we can reference it back. For for Tommy's article? Yeah, yeah. For for yes. our, our predictions for the season. We'll tie we got a question about that. So we'll tie it. We'll we'll use that as a last DM question and then tie oh, it all in together. For me, I think my dark horse for the cup could be God damn it, Mel. I really like that LA pick. Um just take Buffalo. I mean everybody knows you're gonna take them. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I, I, I want it to be different, but LA is such a good pick. Yeah. Um for me though, for my cup prediction, my cup prediction, Toronto and Edmonton. That's my cup prediction. This is the year that Canada brings the cup back home up north. Yeah, my my prediction was uh, oh Edmonton wins. By the way, yeah, my prediction was uh, Edmonton and Tampa, mm. and I and I took because Edmonton would crush them. Yeah, no, I took Edmonton as well, but um, I don't I I don't know if people are writing off Tampa or not. I think that you're absolutely batshit crazy to write Tampa off. Yeah. Although I think that the only thing that could stop Tampa from making a deep playoff run is how these next two months go. Because without Vasilevsky playing in this division, that can get out of hand quickly. And they're I mean, not. They, hey, they won tonight, though. They did. I mean, it is game one of the season, though. And they are playing Nashville, who isn't. They're okay. They're nothing. Right. Actually, Nashville had like 90 plus points last year. But, um, yeah, but yeah. But also, but also for the Lightning, I mean, they just had five months off for the first time in like a decade, pretty much. <laughs> and yep. but the only thing that worries me about the Lightning is they they have some 
stars on offense, obviously, but they're also kind of thin, just like the Bruins. Yeah. They're a couple injuries away from like, this is off the rails and they're already kind of off the rails right now without Vasilevsky. But if they can make the playoffs, which I still think they should, I think that they're going to be a wild card team. Actually, no, I think I, I, I had them coming in third in my prediction. So I don't want to go back on that, but um, if they can make the, in the playoffs, you have Vasilevsky now with this injury coming off seven months of rest. Yeah. I mean, Oh my God. I mean, I think yeah. that they can be an absolute like wagon again, come playoff time. They could be, dude. I don't think that there's ever been a age or era, however you want to put it, in the NHL where there is so many teams, especially in the Eastern Conference. There are so many teams that could make the playoffs, and I think there's going to be two or three teams that are going to find themselves on the outside looking in where any other year you could say that they would have been a solidified playoff team oh yeah especially like even like uh like the pacific i mean you know you can go through uh calgary or edmonton is good kings are good kraken i mean they're a good team canucks canucks are coming up canucks have potential that's the thing they always just seem to fall short for some reason i mean i think they're really going to struggle this year of course without jack stanika that's a huge loss but (laughs) the bruins really killed their franchises (laughs) (laughs) but i mean there's four or five teams four teams in the pacific that you can definitely make an argument that this team is a legitimate vegas uh, yeah, is a legitimate contender to make a deep. I mean, Vegas, LA, and Edmonton. Those can be Probably. three three favorites to make the Western Conference Finals, and that's not even including Seattle, who was a couple games last year for making the Western Conference Finals. Right. The Central is an absolute dumpster fire after Dallas, Colorado, <laughs> and uh, Winnipeg. Well, Winnipeg and Nashville are okay. Oh, Minnesota, I forgot Mid- Minnesota. Mid- okay. too. Yeah, Chicago sucks. Arizona also, sucks. Dude, no, Arizona low key. Dude, Arizona low key might not be like, uh, like a like a like a walkthrough. You think uh, Logan Cooley is going to be the savior? Dude, Logan Cooley, Barrett that Hayden, goal, that goal Clayton that Keller. Logan Cooley had. Oh yeah, that's oh, true. Good. Although, does Clayton Keller want to be there though? What if he requests a trade? We all heard his I, dad. I I mean, it, fuck that, dude. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like Arizona. I mean, I know it sucks that they don't have a stadium technically but i feel like that would be a really fun team to play for arizona arizona yeah i yeah. think so too dude and they got they got a freaking veg Melka and net too they're honestly dude arizona's not a bad team they're the the what what's the word the parody the parody in the league is so good yeah well you know what i think changed a lot too that we've really seen over like the last decade or so is mm-hmm. there's like uh the amount of elite goaltenders in the NHL is there's yes. there's there's yeah. m- there's significantly more teams with their number one guy than there is teams that don't have a guy. Yes. Even like like 12 years ago, like look around the league. I mean, who were your like elite top flight goalies? I mean, Tuka Rask, Carey Price, Lundqvist, Pekka Rene. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Quick was more of a playoff guy, but he was there. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but I mean, you can look around the league now, like Bruins got two of them, Omar Swayman, you got Igor, you got Sorokin, uh, UC Soros, you got Vasilevsky, Ottinger. I mean, yeah, I mean, the list, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, there's, there's so many teams that have their guy and, uh, and a lot of these guys are young too. Like pretty much every name we just mentioned is under the age of 30. 
every name we actually did just mention is under the age of 30. And yep. I think that's when, it, I mean, you can go into the season. I mean, you can pick from a hat 10 names who can win the Vesna. And I think that's a, that's like the league is changing before our eyes too. Everybody's getting so quick. Everybody's getting so fast. Remember like 10 years ago when these short guys were finally making the NHL, like Brad Marchand. Now, you know, he had an NHL career. A guy's 5'7", 140 pounds. He has no chance in the NHL. I mean, you've seen like guys like we meme him all the time, like Brian Gianta, uh, <laughs> even guys like Brendan Go. Gallagher, like like Nikita Kucherov's a short guy. Like all of these guys around the NHL, Johnny Gaudreau, like these shorter hockey players now, they're just so skilled. Like the level of, how did this conversation turn into this? The level of skill around the NHL at every <laughs> position, every position, forwards, defensemen and goalies off the charts we're entering dare i say it the golden age of the nhl i think dude i really think that the nhl is about to burst open right there's a lot of people i feel that at least know more common superstars names right they at yeah. least understand like you know superstars on teams the casual fans can kind of name them off right yeah. Where before it was kind of like if you were into hockey, you were into hockey. If you weren't, you weren't. Yeah, and well, I, I, and that's why I say like I feel like we're almost entering this golden age of hockey because like like you said, it's booming. Like, uh, like a lot of the teams that were horrible like twelve years ago, like these teams that were perennially bad. Buffalo is a prime example. They're figuring it out, and like like these teams that never had a goalie now have a goalie. Uh, markets that really didn't have much of an NHL market like Carolina is now a huge hockey community. Florida, like they're starting to come around and they're loving that team. Vegas is massive. Seattle, like they're, they're, I, I, it's, it's weird to say, but like some of the stuff that they're doing behind the scenes, they're doing right to help grow the game. Now, if you want to talk about media coverage and about marketing, they still don't know anything about, they haven't learned any lessons about that. But in terms of the actual product that's on the ice, it's fantastic. Like this is some of the most entertaining hockey I can remember watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shout out to Braden for the question. Good looks for the question, dude. Um, hope you continue to send more. Uh, shout out to you. Um, shout out to Stack Cup too. RIP Alley. But um, <laughs> this next question comes in from uh, Bev. She said, oh, I'm trying to actually, I'm trying to find her handle. It's at Beverly Calandra. Um, she said, how long until Bedard gets his shit rocked? Kids of fetus. <laughs> uh, dude, Lucci just gonna give him a conky tomorrow. I don't know, dude. I, I don't. I, do you think people are gonna take runs at him? Oh yeah, he, dude. He, did you see Fantilli the other night get rocked by TJ Oshie? Oh, actually, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. It was a monster hit, and Fantilli's bigger than Bedard. I think. The only thing is Bedard's definitely a better skater, so he could probably evade those hits more. But I mean, still, yeah. dude, like uh, uh, he's gonna he's gonna get targeted for sure. I mean, yeah. Flurry tripped him on a penalty shot, That's dude. True. He's definitely <laughs> he's definitely yeah. getting targeted. And I mean, Mc, McDavid. I mean, McDavid was tossed around. He, the guy got hit and hit into the boards and broke his collarbone. As dude, he broke his collarbone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if they went after McDavid, they're definitely gonna go after. Um, Bedard. And also, there were guys on on actually, as they remember, should. As I don't remember. Should, I don't remember that Edmonton team but i mean are there really guys like i know he has taylor hall in his line but are there really guys on chicago who's gonna step up uh, and like almost somebody's face if they touch Connor bedard yeah probably cory perry and nick felino oh i forgot about cory what a, like 
total like like I there's like TikTok creators who go from like making dancing videos and this the algorithm isn't working so they start making cooking videos. <laughs> I feel like that's Corey Perry in a nutshell. Like the guy is a former like 50 goal scorer and now he's like a bottom six plug who just beats like beats the shit out of people and and takes late runs. Like talk yeah. about reinventing your career. He's a totally different player than he was when he was on the Ducks. Yeah, he's always had like that edge to his game, but he's not the offensive producer that you you know used to see. Yeah, but that's funny because I remember when um when Connor McDavid was in Edmonton and they got him Pat Maroon to kind of you know skate with him and take care of him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, is do you see Chicago like trading for like Ryan Raves or something like that to protect? No. Uh, because I mean, I mean, Ryan Reeves just went to Toronto. Which, yeah. By the way, Toronto, their team is the most like rounded out team that they've had in a very very is, long time isn't i think brett sent it to us this morning isn't their cap literally at zero i think so like yeah. like <laughs> i've never seen that before they're usually like a thousand dollars over or a couple tens of thousands they're literally at zero like <laughs> they used the, they used every dollar that they literally <laughs> every every last penny went into somebody's contract that's that's I, actually ridiculous that's imagine having to trade players to or from that team that's got to be a logistical nightmare mm. But, like, I do like what Toronto built, and I hate saying that as a Bruins fan, but I think they have a they've, – they've kind of filled out a lot of holes that they've had on their rosters forever. Like, they yeah. finally have a guy that can actually bang – um, their defense is better. Excuse the me. only thing they're still, the only thing that they're, they're the only thing that they're missing still is goaltending. I mean, we'll yeah. see what Samsonov does, but outside of you know, but like he's gonna be mid at best. Like goal, like goaltending. Like if you have the right team, like the right mix of offense and defense. I mean, you get in and you if you, if you have a goalie get hot in the playoffs. I mean, Colorado just proved that to you. I mean, you could you could you can Vegas make just some, did that too. Yeah, you can make some noise. Um, but I'm happy you said that about Toronto because. Well, like I'm not happy because I hate Toronto, but did you say your funny bone? No, I like tore my your UCL. No, whatever muscles here, tricep. Oh, yeah, you just said it. <laughs> oh, anyways, yeah, that one. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, like I'm fine. I, <laughs> I wish we could put this video somewhere. I'm just excited about the Bruins. Oh God, um. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I hate it because I hate Toronto, but like it seemed like in the past they just went out and threw money at the best player and they they just they just like try to assemble like, you know, like they threw money at John Tavares. They had Austin yeah. Matthews, Mitch Martin. They had all these talented players, but they only get you so far. Like you have to build out the rest of your roster. Like you got to have your lines. Each of them has a purpose. And it felt like for Toronto, a lot of their lines, a lot of their players didn't know their role and just didn't really have a purpose. And like they have some of these guys that they signed, like they have some grit. Finally, somebody who can muck it up. They got Tyler Bertuzzi, who can also get you 30 goals. Like you just said, they finally have somebody who can punch somebody's face in. And Ryan Reeves, a guy who can bang, like you just said. Like they filled out their roster with these impact players who have a purpose, who have a role. And I think that's what they've been missing for so long. Dude, Max Domi too. Oh yeah, I forgot. How did they get Max Domi to? That's what we were talking about. Because when they signed Max Domi, they were like five million dollars over the cap, and we're like, yeah, "How did this yeah. happen?" And then we're like, "Oh wait, they're just going to circumnavigate the cap and put Matt Murray on the IL for the entire year." And sure enough, they put him on the IL. So I'm looking at daily faceoff right now. For wait, the, is it IL or IR in the in NHL? IL. Yeah. Okay. I think I don't know. Same thing. Whatever. But- I'm looking at daily faceoffs line combinations for Toronto, and for some reason, the left wing spot on the fourth line is just there's just nobody. So, <laughs> but like, listen to listen to this lineup: Bertuzzi, Matthews, Marner. 
That is going to absolutely cook. You're going to have 200-point uh, players in the same line. Yeah. Yeah. Max Domi, Tavares, Nylander. Fucking, oh again, a sick line. Hopefully Nylander regresses to where it was a few years ago. Then you have Nyes, Minton, Yarncroc. Nyes is the best player easily on that yeah, third line. But yeah. I, to be honest... I, I this is I've never heard of this Minton. But that's guy. what a third line is for. Those are your guys right. who go out and they grit and grind and they can get shit done. Right. And then fourth line you got Rees, Kampf, and then Mystery Man on the left. That's pretty much just a poor man's Bruins fourth line. If we're yeah. thinking about it. Right. Um defensively they have Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Jake McCabe, John Klingberg, Mark Giordano, Timothy Lilgren, and then in net. Uh, Samsonov, Samsonov, and uh, Joseph Wall. So, I keep forgetting I mean, that they have Mark Giordano. I do too. I, I keep forgetting they have Klingberg. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they have a lot of leaders in that locker room too. They have, a good, dude, yeah. they have a good, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think it's going to be Edmonton, Toronto. I really, really do. If, if, if Toronto wins, God forbid, right? Uh, like, uh, like, like you wake up and you're in an alternate universe and somehow <laughs> Toronto wins the Stanley Cup. Do you think that they will give Kyle Dubas his flowers? No. <sighs> no chance. And that hurts. And that hurts. Because yeah, Kyle no Dubas, did, I still can't believe he got fired. And I want to know what happened. I thought I read somewhere that he wanted to make a move. And, and Toronto they all said no. Yeah, and they said no. And I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember what the move was. I thought it might have been reported somewhere. And now that I'm thinking of it, I thought it was a good move to make. But they said no, and they fired him. Or, oh no, you know what? I think I think he quit. It was like a mutual thing because he he didn't want to do it anymore with that much overhead. If people are going to tell him no and tell him how to do his job, he didn't want to do it. I could also just be like just just totally making that up, but I feel like that's right. Anyways, now he's in Pittsburgh, and they got Eric Carlson, and he's doing shit down there, and they're playing Connor Bedard right now, and I don't have the score in front of me, but Pittsburgh's it's one nothing, on. one nothing pit already. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh end of the first period, one nothing pit. Pitt has 13 shots. Chicago had 17 shots. Holy uh, shit. Both, oh my god, they have no electric power play. Yeah. Both of the power play. Pittsburgh out hit Chicago 10 to 7. No, Brian um, Russ scored. Yeah, yeah, Russ with the goal. But I think Bedard um shit. I just saw it. Bedard had He's three shots three, on goal. He has three shots, yeah. Yeah. Jesus so, Christ is letting it fly. Yeah, so he's I saw, definitely trying to rip it up. I saw, I don't remember who it was, somebody tweeted today that Connor Bedard, 350 plus shots, is at a plus 800. Oh, hit that all day. I'm hammering that, dude. I'm going to throw some money on it right when we get off this recording. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so shout out to uh, Beverly Calandra for that question. The next question comes in from shout out only Bruins at Brett Howard underscore. He said, "Why is Brown still on this roster? Are you okay? Like, I have the I have the Arnold I have the Spike Arnold Palmer. Your head right you, your head was doing the bomb, and you were trying to read that off. <laughs> Wait, what? What no, did he ask? He said, "Why is Brown still on this roster? Um, I think they're trying to figure things out with Heinen. I think they're just trying to play with him because they sent him down today for like what five minutes. If they he plays a up. single second in this Bruins lineup, I'm gonna he's, lose it. He's this year's version of Anton Strollman." Yeah, get him off the team. <laughs> That's a great call. That's a great call. Yeah, no, uh, Patrick Brown can listen. I love all you do for us, but you can spend the year in Providence. It's fine by me. Oh yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's because of Heinen. But shout out Brett, shout out Only Bruins, shout out to the PTP uh, Twitch streams for ESHL. We're nasty. Oh, yeah. um, but the next question comes in from Ian Kennedy. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at KennedyI57. And I like this question. He says, if you had to put money on it, who scores the first goal of the centennial season for the Bruins? I said big penis Linus, but that's definitely not right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm gonna say sorry. I'm distracted. I was looking at the uh, looking at an article. Um, oh, you know what? Charlie Coyle. Ooh, I like that pick. I was Charlie also gonna Coyle. go off the grid. I'm gonna say. Macro's like, okay, come on, off the grid. You're in a different got, time zone. He's got the seeing eye, dude. He's just gonna let it rip. Oh, that's true. Do you think? Or no, no. Let me go back. Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick scores the opening goal for the hundredth year. Do you think okay. that Grizzlick is gonna get traded? Because I've seen a lot of I talk. Not. I've I seen really a lot of not. talk. Listen, the Bruins are trying to move somebody to get Lori in here. It makes sense to move a left shot of defenseman. Uh, they they will they will pay you money. They will give you the keys to the TD Garden if you take Derek Forbert off this team. And listen, they could get something if they were to move somebody like Matt Grizzlick. I'm not advocating listen, for it. I'm just saying. Listen, would you trade Grizzlick for maybe a little bit of a better asset, right? Maybe a higher draft pick, whatever. Or would you rather keep Grizzlick, trade Forbert while attaching a fifth or a sixth, and you get like a seventh rounder back? That one. The second yes. one, yes. I would I would trade three or four first round draft picks with <laughs> Forbert to get him off this team. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, nothing against Forbert, and and because he had a good year last year, he really really did. But you have Mason Lorai, who unfortunately had to be sent to Providence. I they say it's <clears throat> sorry, they say it's because. You know, Sweeney and Neely, they want him to develop a little bit more in Providence. I don't think that's truly their honest answer. I think it's because their salary cap crunch and they can't fit him in with guys like Forbert's contract. Play Lori, trade Forbert, attach, you know, what you have to attach without really severely overpaying to a deal. Get him out of here. Just, just, you're not going to hit with the fifth or sixth round pick, anyways. Like we all know Sweeney's draft history outside of like Patra, but um, get, just get him out and play Lori. Just, just do it. We all know that it's a black cloud hanging over the head of the front office and Forbert, you know, just do it. Just fucking do it. Play Lori. Listen to it. Like, would you Oh, listen to this decor? Grizzly McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Lori, Shattenkirk. Come on. <laughs> why, why is why is forward so fucking here i don't care just i don't just just lose the money that you owe him i don't care how you do it just do it i don't care i would I trade need him Laura. yesterday if i could yeah no i, I want to see laura when do you think laura is going to get the call whenever we trade forward <laughs> no, do it now donnie <laughs> um we still have do we have any more questions yeah, yeah, we got a couple more. So okay. we're, listen, we're getting it's yeah, we got a yeah, game we, in an hour. Yeah. So this next one comes in from um at Big Bad Bees memes. He said, Are we back? 
Absolutely. We never Absolutely left. Back. We never left, baby. Never left. You listen to this on Wednesday morning, so give it about 12 hours and we will be fucking right back. Baby. I don't listen, I don't want to steal anything from Boosie, but we're so back. So back. We're so back. Um this next one comes in from Into the Den is Scarin. You can follow him on Twitter at ITD Bruins. He said, Has our left wing depth always been this week, or has our center depth just been so historically dog water that it's covered up? the fact that our left wing depth right now is marshy can take care of it. What was the question? Is there left wing depth deep? <laughs> Jesus, I could not get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Somebody clipped that. Uh, he said, has our left wing depth always been this week or has our center depth just been so historically dog water that it's covered up the fact that our left wing depth right now is marshy can take care of it. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think the Bruins have ever been terribly weak on left wing, right? Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I can kind of see what he's saying with you know signings with like Boleski. You're I mean, trying to get guys like Vetrano and Donato to kind of jump up in the play. I mean, if you want to talk about last year, I mean, you had Marshy on the first line, you had Bertuzzi on the second line, and a former Hart winner playing left wing on your third line. I mean, they were yeah. deep as shit last year yeah. down your left. Taylor Hall was on your third line. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just different this year, but they've also historically <laughs> yes. had a lot of players who could play both center and wing. Maybe that helps a little bit. They can move back and forth, but um, – on the same note, though, if you were to pluck Brad Marchand out of this lineup, like we were talking earlier about how how big an injury would be to this team, big meaning like, holy hell, the earth is at the world is ending. Like Brad, if Brad Marchand was not on this team for an extended amount of time, they would be screwed down the left screwed. side of, of their team because there's, like he just said, there's really a, a significant lack of, we'll say, top line depth uh, on your yeah. left wing position. Um, this next question comes in from boss sports podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at jinky underscore Watt. Um, he asked and we kind of answered this already. How long till Laura calls up? Um, hopefully tomorrow. I mean, yeah. you know, but, uh, no, like you said, I mean, a, a move has to be made before he's on the team. And yep. I think that Don Sweeney is, well, there was a, Reported think yesterday that Don Sweeney is actively on the phones trying to move some players. So, you know, the second you get an alert from like Pierre LeBron or Kevin Weeks or whoever you have your notifications on that the Bruins have traded X player, you will it will be immediately followed by Mason Lorai has being promoted to the Boston Bruins. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you answered that perfectly, dude. Yeah. Um, so shout out to you, Jinky uh, Watt. I, I don't have anything else to add. That was literally <laughs> what I was going to say. So, but um, this next question comes in from Tyler. And his Twitter handle is at Tyler Whitten. He said, and and I need to, okay. He said, would you use Patra in a deal for either Miller or Pedersen out of Vancouver? My answer, no. I mean, I love watching the young guys, so I'm going to say no. But if, if uh, you do say no to a deal like that and then, Patra doesn't play like like if he's not going to be AJ Greer, but if he doesn't, you know, turn into the player that we think he can be based off of the preseason and what he did in the OHO last year, that'll be a uh, an opportunity missed. But I'm with you right now. I'm riding with Patra. I want to see what I have. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Plus, like, <clears throat> if you have this promising young center that you drafted and he made the team as a 19 year old, 
you have that much confidence in him just to kind of deal him off for somebody like JT Miller or Pedersen. And that's not taking anything away from guys like, you know, Miller and Pedersen. They're unbelievable players and could definitely help us in the near future. But you have Potra here right now. Um, you know, I think you keep him. I let, I think you let him get acclimated to the culture of Boston hockey and let him grow within this organization and really allow him to become his own player in this Bruins uniform, especially with, you know, you're coming off of legends who just left the team in Bergeron and, and, and Krejci. I, I think you want to keep him just for the cultural aspect of, of the organization. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think you. <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> I don't think you do that for many reasons. It's not a bad idea. It's, you know, obviously seeing that Bruins are might need some center help in the future, but you kind of have that in Potra, and right now you're okay with Zach and Coil down the wing too, or sorry, down the center too. So, I I think you keep him. Um, I think you let him build his game and his career up in Boston. I'm with you. Perfect. Um, all right. That was it for the DMs. Um, me and Mel have a men's league game to get to in 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 an hour. We'll be skating. We'll be, you know, oh, yeah. around, we'll be letting loose, baby. I was going to do our predictions from the article, but you know what? We'll save it for next week because we have a hockey game to get to. You want to do you want to do Atlantic really quick? Yeah, top you know three, what? We'll do top three Atlantic. Nah, you know what? Screw it. I'll just roll through the whole thing quickly. All right. Well, uh, then this actually this kind of ties into Marty's um, question. Then he sent us a DM. Uh, he said thoughts on the actually. Hang on. Let me let me find it again. I'm sorry. I just want to give a shout out to his uh, Twitter. Um, Marty's Twitter is Celtics Dom Toretto. You can follow him on Twitter at the Meatman two five three. He said breakdown of the primetime prods team predictions for the season. So we'll give our three um, top three Atlantic picks right now. Really All right, quick. we'll just go through it quickly. My we'll do Eastern Conference first. So my Eastern Conference okay. in the Atlantic, I have Toronto followed by Buffalo followed by no sorry, god damn it, Toronto <laughs> followed by Boston <laughs> followed by Buffalo. In the Metropolitan, I have the Devils, followed by the Hurricanes, followed by the Rangers. And my two wildcard teams are Tampa Bay and Florida. Now we'll go Mm. over to you. Your Eastern Conference, Atlantic, you have Toronto, followed by Buffalo, surprise, followed by Boston. The Metropolitan, you have the Devils, followed by Carolina, followed by the Rangers. The exact same for me as me. And the interesting thing is the Atlantic, we just have Buffalo and Boston flipped. And your two wildcard teams are Tampa Bay and Columbus. Interesting, interesting. No, you're not. Feeling good about the Florida Panthers this year, I guess. Nah. Okay. Now to the Western Conference. And I'm sorry if I'm kind of flying through this. It's because we now have less than an hour until puck drop. Um, where am I? Where here I am. Western Conference. I have Central, Colorado, followed by Dallas, then Nashville. Surprise, Nashville. I love me some UC Soros. Pacific, I have Edmonton, followed by Vegas, followed by the Kings. And my two wildcard teams are Seattle and Minnesota. Now we go over to you. This is confusing because we're not listed one after another. Now we go over to you in the Western Conference. Central Division, you have Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota. Pacific, you have LA, Edmonton, Vegas. Your two wildcard teams are Seattle and Arizona. 
Now, lastly, here's where it gets interesting. These are our award winners. For me, Selkie, Alexander Barkov. Mm. Vesna, UC Saros. Heart winner, surprise, surprise. Matthew, no, I'm just kidding. Connor <laughs> David. <laughs> Norris winner, I have Kale McCarr, if he stays healthy. Calder, I have Connor Bedard. Again, surprise, surprise. Art Ross, although I was going back and forth between Bedard and Fantilli, I will say. Mm-hmm. Art Ross, I have McDavid. And Rocket Richard winner, I have the Austin Matthews. You, your awards. Selkie, Nico Heshire. Great pick. I think I was like one of two people who didn't pick him for the Selkie. So very popular <laughs> pick. Barkov's Nor- a good pick, though. Norris, you have Rasmus Dahlin. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, it gets even more surprising. For the Vesna and the Calder, you have Devin Levi, the yep. Jedi himself. Big year. Big year. That would be huge if he could be a Vesna winner this year. Uh, Hart, you have Connor McDavid. Rocket, you also have Austin Matthews. And Art Ross, Connor McDavid. And that is it from the 2023 Primetime Productions predictions for the 2023-2024 NHL season written by the Tommy Bennett. You can find it linked on our Twitter account at Primetime Prods, as well as Tommy's Twitter account that I don't have off the top of my head. But if you were to go to the Prods, uh, I think it's TJ. It's t- at TJ, TJ Bennett. Bennett thirty seven. I think something like that. Is it? I'll, I'll look it up just. I'll, I'll look it up just in case. But I'm pretty sure it's. it's yeah, yeah. You got it at TJ Bennett with three T's, thirty seven. Yep. Yep. So shout out okay. to Tommy. Yeah. But but um yeah so hey shout out to you guys um season starts tonight so hopefully you got a chance to listen to this before the game starts um but yeah outside of that that's really it for today's episode uh shout out to you guys for the questions shout out to you guys for always tuning in um season starts tonight baby let's fucking go 82 games to make the playoffs and then what's that four eight twelve and then a lifetime to a cup Yes, I had to do that math. (laughs) I had to do that math by force. But um, yeah, season's just starting up right now. Um, Stick with us for the rest of the season. Send questions in. The questions only get better as the season continues to go. Um, We'll be here every Wednesday. Every single Wednesday, we drop an episode. So stick with us. Um, as the season goes along too, we'll we'll obviously put our voicemail line out there. We'll have a little voicemail segment if we get enough voicemail calls. So kind of that's honestly dictated by you guys. Um, if you send in the voicemails, we'll put it on. But we need enough. We need to get enough voicemails to do it. So that's on you guys. But but obviously it's there for you guys to call. Um, with that being said, Bruins season starts tonight. Let's go, baby! The road to 82 and 0, baby! Let's fucking go! Matthew Potrock for the fucking caller, Omar for the Mezzo, and we are here all year long. Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 62. We'll catch you next week. Bye.
Well, the only thing that I usually edit is the intro, and the only reason this one's going to take <coughs> a long, t- longer time is because I have that new one planned. Do we have to do it for this one? Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's all right. I don't care. I'll do it afterwards. If I have to stay up a little bit later, I'll stay up a little bit later. At this point, it doesn't really matter. I have. A, I'm going to have a bunch of Coronas waiting for you. I fucking love you. Yeah, yeah. Let it go for the night That would be the best therapy